I spoke to you, or I started to speak to you about God's provision for our mental and emotional health. God's provision for our mental and emotional health. Many today are struggling in this area. And last week I gave you the introduction to it and I gave you the foundation for it. And let me just review that a little bit this morning. This week I want to deal with it from a, a more of a practical standpoint as to principles in Scripture that can help us uh, maintain emotional and mental health. That's why I'm starting with kind of the end verses of Psalm chapter 37 because that is the kind of the foundation of, of what last week we talked about. It, is, it says there in verse 39, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is the refuge in the time of distress. The Lord will help them and deliver them. He will deliver them from the wicked and save them because they take refuge in him. I said last week, and I, it's great news to hear, but there's going to be problems. There will be troubles. There will be events and happenings that have the potential to fill us with worry, anxiety, heartache, and even bitterness. But I also said last week the good news is this, that God does not expect us to handle those things in our own strength and in our own mental or emotional capacity. And by the way, this is not just simply a COVID message, if you want to say. COVID, I believe, really has brought to the forefront what many have been struggling with uh, for years. So this is not just simply because of what we're going through. This is what I'm seeing in people's lives. And this could pertain to anything that we deal with in our life. But I want us to understand this morning, God wants you full of joy. Amen? You got to talk back to me this morning. All right. Thank you. God wants you to be at rest. God wants you to be at peace. God wants you to have calm. God wants you, just as he wants you to walk in a healthy place in your body, God wants you to walk in a place of health in your mind and your emotions. The intention of salvation, as I said last week, is for complete healing and wholeness of spirit, soul, and body. Not only for the time that we step into eternity, but for the life that we are living right here and right now in Jesus Christ by faith. God, through Jesus Christ, has provided everything we need. Okay, listen, sometimes as Christians we think that we get saved only because we're going to wait one day, we're going to get our ticket to heaven, and when we get to heaven, everything will be all done and over. Listen, the, the thing about salvation is salvation is for here and now as much as it is for eternity in heaven. God, through Christ, has provided everything. We see in this verse, he talks about the salvation of the righteous. And again this morning, I want us to understand the foundation 
for our mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health is Christ Jesus. It says there that he is our refuge, or he is our place of protection in time of distress. It says there the Lord, in this verse, it says the Lord will help them. It says there the Lord will deliver them, even deliver them from the wicked. It says there he will save them. And why is that? Because they take refuge or they take shelter or they take sanctuary in him. And so before I get to the practical side of the message this morning, I want to emphasize that the, this, this most important point and the, the most important place that we can be in is in a place of faith in God in relationship with Christ Jesus. If that is not set, Everything that I'm about to tell you this morning will help maybe a little bit. It'll be Band-Aid solutions, but it will not have the desired impact because our faith must be in Christ. So I just want to set that in stone. Let's move to the practical standpoint. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 23, it says there, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, or, or as the King James puts it, for out of it are, or I guess it's the same one, for out of it are the issues of life, for out of it flow the issues of, or out of it is the source of life. You know, this gives us a picture kind of of the natural body. Why the heart? Why is it that from the heart flow the issues or the sources of life? Well, medically, Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 says, the life of the flesh is where? In the blood. The heart is central in our physical bodies to distribute the blood. Amen? How many know if your heart's not going, you're in trouble? The heart is central to distributing the blood. The heart is central to distributing the life to the rest of the body. And as long as the heart is capable of receiving and propelling the blood, life continues. But you take and you put disease or you put harm or you, you stop that heart, guess what? Life stops. And since the heart is the foundation which flows, diligence must be taken that that fountain is not stopped or injured. In the spiritual sense, the heart is spoken of often as being even part of the soul, the emotions, the will, the mind, the understanding of our lives, the understanding that we have. In Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, it says here, speaking of the natural human heart of individuals, the heart is more deceitful than all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Proverbs 28, 26 again says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. That's why we need a new heart. That's why in Ezekiel 20, uh, 36, 26, it says there, 
I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you. I will take away the stony heart of your flesh or out, and out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. We need a heart transformation. It's not, we need a heart transplant. <laughs> All right. That's why if you were to go to the verses right above that one in Proverbs, in, in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, is really talking about heart health in a lot of sense because he says there, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them where? In the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. And then even after the, that verse that we looked at, it, it, right after it, in verse 25, it says, put away, you, put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. You know, God, God is giving in those verses Basically, instruction on how to have a healthy heart. The Bible gives us biblical instruction for the health of our heart, the health of our soul, the health of our will, the health of our emotions, the health of our mind, the health of our understanding. It says in, scriptures, in, in the Scriptures in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, a merry heart does like a good, like a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. I'm telling you this morning, some people are sick in their bodies because their heart, and I'm not talking about their physical heart, I'm talking about the, the internal heart of their emotions, their mind, their will, that, that place, because that is sick, it's impacting them physically. So this morning, I want to give us some foundational principles. And I'm going to warn you up front. Some of you are not, might not like what I'm about to say. But please hear me because what I'm saying this morning is because I care about you and also because I've learned some of these things in my own life. And you're going to probably hear a couple of examples today. The first one, the first principle that I want to deal with this morning comes out of verses 1 and 2, starting with verses 1 and 2 of Psalm chapter 37, where it says there, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be jealous of those who do injustice, for they will quickly wither like the grass and fade like the green herbs. If you were to go down to verse 7, there's another verse that kind of says the the, the, the says the same thing. Verse 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of those who prosper in their ways, because of those who make wicked schemes. First point, do not worry about the evildoers. Do not fret is how it puts it. Do not fume. How many of you have ever fumed? Do not get upset. Do not agonize because of the evildoers. Can I make it really plain? Do not fret over the government. Do not agonize over Justin Trudeau. Do not worry about the evildoers. Do not worry about the individuals that sometimes that come into our lives that seem like they're the thorn in the flesh. Ever had one of those? Listen, I get why people are upset. 
I get it all. But why do we let people rob us of our peace? Can I tell you something? They don't know and they don't care. Besides, what we're dealing with in the world today is not a physical or natural battle because the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So frankly, our worrying and our fretting and getting upset and getting angry over these all, the, all these things does us no good. Our worrying and fretting and fuming is only hurting ourselves and accomplishes nothing. I know people, but what about? I would say God is in control. You see, it's interesting here. He says these things, but he also is telling us the evil will get their reward. It's not up to you and I to bring the evil to justice. He says there in verses 12 and 13, a couple more of these verses, the wicked plot against the righteous and grind their teeth teeth against them. The Lord will laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. Verse 20, but the wicked will perish, and the enemies of the Lord will be like the glory of pastures. They will waste away. In smoke, they will waste away. Listen, God's got his hand in all of this today. God's in control, and God will administer justice as he sees fit. So let us not worry about it. Let us not fret about it. Let us walk in peace. Let us walk in, prayer, in rest. Let us walk in calm, knowing that our King of Kings sits on the throne. My first point, don't worry about the evildoers. Go to the next one, a couple of other verses. Verses 3 and 4, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and practice faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Verses 5 and 6, five, five and six of, of Psalms 37, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. And if you were to jump down to verses 23, I, I kind of compiled some verses together on some of these things, and this is why we're doing this. Verse 23, it says, The steps of a man are made firm by the Lord, and he delights in his way. The second thing about all of this is commit your way to God. I was looking at some of the phrases. He says, Dwell in the land. Commit your way to him. He says there, the steps of a man are firm. You know, I, I've mentioned about my frustration that came in May. My, my, the frustration that I, I struggled with in May for that, for that time or that week was I became so focused on, it was right after they had shut things down again. And, 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 and we were down to 15 people in the service. And, we were looking at doing multiple services and all that. I was so focused on the problems and limitations that I became, that I was not focused on dwelling in the land. I let the problems direct the calling of God in my life. 
I let the problems limit what I felt the calling of God is my li- in my life. Listen, many are struggling today because they are looking at the problems or limitations and are not committing their way to the Lord. Many are struggling because they've lost vision. And I'm not talking about their own personal agendas. I'm talking about they've lost the vision that God has established in their hearts for their lives. And so this morning, I would encourage you, look to God for life vision. We need to have a vision for our life. We need to have purpose in our life. And many people, a lot of this, I'm telling you, a lot of this is designed to rob people of their vision and purpose. So they just sit back and do nothing and basically veg and thinking, what's the point? God says in his word, occupy till I come. That is not saying that I'm just going to sit back in my couch playing video games. I don't play video games, not anymore anyways. But sitting back on my couch playing video games, eating chips, and saying, okay, Lord, I'm waiting for you to come. He says, occupy till I come. So I would encourage you this morning, look to God for life vision. Live and dwell in the land. Don't just simply exist. Do what God has called you to do. Yes, it may mean that there have to be some adjustments made and all of that. Be the person God has called you to be. Maintain the life and the vision and the purpose that God has for your life. Don't let the enemy rob it from you. See, he doesn't care so much that you don't go to heaven, but he will care that you are doing the things that, you, that God's called you to do because he knows that if you are being obedient to God, being obedient to your calling that God has called you to do, you are going to impact the world for Christ. Look at the promises that God makes. Psalm 37, verse 24. Though he falls, he will not be hurled down, for the Lord supports him with his hand. This is not talking about sin, by the way. This is not saying, though he fall in sin. This is, not, this is referring to falling into times of misfortune, disappointment, trouble, and tragedies. And God is saying, though he fall into these things that bring disappointment, though he fall into these these things that bring trouble, though he has difficulty, it will not ruin him, ruin him because I will support him. Verse 34 says, hope in the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. If you are struggling in this area this morning, I would say to you today, get before God so he can reignite or he can reveal the purpose and the vision that he has for your life. Commit your way to the Lord. Let's look at another one. Proverbs 29.25. Proverbs 29.25. The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever puts his trust in the Lord will be safe. The fear of a man, or the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. 
my encouragement to you today is let go of fear of people. One of the greatest traps that people fall in today is being overly concerned and caring of the opinions of others. You know, I kind of said I don't care what people think about me last week. It's not really, a, in a sense, an accurate statement, and maybe it's not the best way to put it because it, in some sense it implies careless, thoughtless, uh, or a careless, thoughtless mentality towards others, and that, that is wrong. I mean, we want to treat people well, respect them, dig, be, you know, treat them with dignity. We want to apologize when we're wrong. And it, 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 I guess you could say that even implies that, you know, I don't want people to like me. And of, of course, of course I want people to like me. I want people to like me, okay? But I've learnt, I learned a long time ago, I guess you could say in some sense, not to worry about what people think about me. You know, I've, I've learned not to be concerned about the negative reactions of people when there is nothing that I can do about it, or when I know I'm doing my best, or I know what I, that I'm doing what is right. I, I, I had to learn that a, a long, long, long time ago, because as you can see and as you notice, I don't walk the same. And when I go out in public, I am a walking billboard. I go to the mall. Everywhere I go, people stop and stare. She's not here today, so I can tell stories. <laughs> My wife and I, when we were first, and, and it wasn't this bad. I mean, some of this is because of recent re events. But my wife and I, would, when we were first dating, we'd walk through the mall. <laughs> you know my wife. We'd be walking through the mall. People were staring. What are you looking at? Haven't you ever seen somebody limp before? Like, babe. I'm like, okay. I'm serious. You got a problem? Like, babe, please step up. You're going to stand behind me, and I'm going to have to go at this. But it's true. I, I've, I've, it, it's, it's something like, I don't even think about it. I don't care. This, this, in some sense, it has been, if you want to say the, a blessing or something, that I've, I just, I've walked through life, having to always have uh, have eyes on me, because of a of a negative circumstance. I've been in places. I know that I've been turned down for jobs because of it. I know that I've. I've even been judged for it in church, not here, but in other churches. I know that even in my teenage years, and my, uh, so my wife knows about this, don't worry. I know in my teenage years, I, I, I was rejected by, by girls because of it. And I, I learned really, really early uh, not to care. Another another example, and you know, I've shared about you know my daughter, what she's chosen to do, the way she's chosen to live, and I don't carry the shame. 
if other Christians want to judge me, or if other Christians want to think I failed, or think I compromise because I love her and I accept her, or do what I do, I don't care. You know, the fear of people robs people. It robs people of peace in their minds. You know, it robs people of sleep. Sometimes people say, did that bother you? I'm like, no, I slept well. You know, another way this comes into play, we want to keep up with everyone else. We want to people to look at us. I'll talk about this a little later, but we want people to like us. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, social media. How many likes did I get today? It's all fear of people. It's all looking for the opinion of others. And it keeps us, it's a snare. It puts us in a place of bondage. Because now we react, we respond, and we do things to make others happy, not make God happy. Let's look at another one. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, neither will your Father forgive you or your sins. I know we could talk a lot on, on that, but I just want to talk about the need to walk in a place of forgiveness and let go of bitterness. Some people are letting the hurt, that the pain caused by others clog their heart. It's like kind of like the cholesterol in the natural body, like spiritual cholesterol that's clogging their heart. Many Christians today, let's be honest, are bitter against the government and our government leaders. I'm not saying agree with them, but let go and forgive. Stop fuming over it. Stop losing sleep over it. People would, you know, I've talked to sometimes people in the past about these things, and here's the arguments that come up. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how much it hurt. They betrayed me. They took advantage of me. Can I be really honest to you today? The mentality of the world helps us hold on to these things because the world is teaching everyone how to be victims. And, and frankly, maybe we were. Okay? Maybe we were. You know, I gave you the example of what happened when my wife was working in the store last week. You know, the woman who walked into the store from the church, who, who walked up to her and said to her, you know, I really like you, but I can't stand your husband. You know, as a pastor, people say sometimes the dumbest things to you. Sometimes they have no clue and they think that they're doing you a favor. A recent example, it's a small one, it's not nothing big. Uh, I was trying to think of something larger, if you could say for an example, but this is, this is actually a recent example. 
I once preached, I was once in a church preaching, doing what I believe God called me to do. It made a particular individual really mad because he didn't agree with what I was saying. He would actually kind of get in my face in the mess, in the service, or after the service, and, and, and so forth, and he was really upset. I will say one thing about this individual. At least he had the guts to come and talk to me about it. Anyways, one day he asked me, let's go out for coffee. I want to deal with this. So I was like, okay, let's go for coffee. <laughs> and he sat across from me, and, you know, you're preaching, and you're giving your heart when you preach, and you think you're, you're delivering, and all he said was, all you preach is fluff. And I remember those things, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> good. I could have gone away and got really bitter and angry about it. I could have left, let it really dwell in my heart and, and so forth. But I, I was just like, God, I'm doing what you called me to do. He doesn't understand. interesting this individual has come back kind of into my life in recent days and just even a week ago as we were sitting and talking he looked at me and he said I'm sorry I didn't bring it up I just, just he said I was I was wrong I'm so sorry nobody here And I just said, you know, like I just said, listen, it's over. It's hold anything against you. Why should I? I love you. We so often let things get into our hearts, and we let so often bitterness arise in our hearts that we let it rob us. I refuse, I refuse unforgiveness. You say, how? How do I forgive sometimes? Here's some thoughts. Consider yourself dead. A dead person feels no pain. The Bible says that I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified and my old man is dead, my old flesh is dead, the old me is dead, then it's dead. Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to the Lord. And remember that even though you and I don't deserve it, Jesus gave us the example on the cross and by the way, you and I are just as responsible for Christ being on the cross as the soldiers that nailed him to it. And for the crowd that yelled, crucify him. We might not have been there physically, but it's because of your and my sin that he went to that cross. And if Jesus could turn and say, Father, forgive them, how could I ever turn and say to anybody, I can't forgive you? 
go forgive, let go of for, or forgive and let go of bitterness. The Bible also says in Romans twelve seventeen, repay no one for evil. Commend what is honest in the sight of all men. Repay no one for evil. This is the truth. If Premier Kenny walked in here, I'd give him a hug. If Justin Trudeau walked in here, I'd give him a hug. I don't have to like what they do to love them. We've gotten so angry sometimes that we forget how we're to treat people and love people and care about people. Next one. Bring everything in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with gratitude, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God wants us to depend on him, and that is shown in prayer. One reason we do not pray is because we're depending upon ourselves. And we become filled with anxiety because we feel the pressure to make it all happen. Jesus, or God, says here, be anxious for nothing. There is nothing that we should be anxious about. But he says, in everything by prayer and supplication. In other words, in everything by prayer, making requests unto him, going to him and asking him, going to him and depending upon him, going to him and looking to him. Go to him and, and just lay it all out before him. I mean, that's God inviting us to do that, okay? Get that. Let's get that in our heart. He wants us to come do this. And of course, he also says, in gratitude or in thanksgiving, we sometimes are so focused on the needs, we forget the blessings of God. You know, we, we are, I am blessed today. I got, I am not worrying about what I'm going to go home and eat. I'm not worrying about the clothes that I wear. I'm not worrying about the heat in my house. I'm not worrying about the coming winter. I'm not worrying about those things. They may, there, there might be things like that in the head, but right now, today, I, I've got everything that I need of. So with gratitude, with thanksgiving, make these things known to God, and God says, here's the result, and the peace of who? God. His peace which surpasses all understanding. The reason it past surpasses all understanding is because at times it will look and don't make any sense in the natural. Will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This verse is about protecting us, protecting us. God's saying, do this and it will protect you. It will keep you. 
You will not be in a place of anxiety. You will not be in a place of worry. So do this, and I'll give you my peace. All right, last one. A couple of verses down, or actually the next couple of verses down on that. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 says there, Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are, are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. Do those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I'm gonna, I want to deal with one aspect. You could, you could throw in a whole bunch of these things here, but let me talk about this because it's huge. The Internet, the news, the media, our phones, our TV, our computers, our tablets, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I'm sure there's stuff that I'm missing, can be one of our greatest enemies. And I know people will say, well, I need to know what's happening. I need to be informed. I need to know what JT did today. I need to know what Biden said today. Oh, you got to look at this. You wouldn't believe it. The Bible says whatever is true and honest and just. We do not realize how much what we feed our heads impacts our lives. We also do not realize how much these things that we see portrayed through all of these mediums are false, fake, or dishonest. I mean, is, really, is reality TV real? Oh, I want my life just to be like this reality TV star. No, you don't. You know all the drama they put on the television? It's so that you'll watch. Oh, I want to be like this influencer. It's phony. Because they're showing you only what you, they want you to see. People who promote the news and opinions and give you all the behind-the-scenes information, often it's twisted. Often there's hidden agendas. Even the right-wing conservatives who we think are right and good because they tell us what we want to hear or show us how corrupt everybody else is, in many instances, they're just as corrupt. There's an agenda behind what they put out there. A lot of it is because they put it out there because it's going to get them views, which equals money. Whatever is true and honest and just. How much of what we look at is true and honest and just? Whatever is pure and lovely. What about TV and movies and music and entertainment we partake of? You know? Christians will listen to music that is perverse and obscene and think it's okay. 
Or what about TV or movies that are filled with evil or sex? What would we call somebody who walked up to a window and watched a couple in bed, even lying in bed? What would we call that person? A creep? You and I would never do that. But we do it on the television. And you know what the excuse is of many Christians? I can handle it. I can handle listening to this music. I can handle watching this movie. I can handle all of these things. And yet behind the, street, steam, uh, behind the scenes, they struggle with their thought life. You and I are bombarded every day. Every time we go out, we're bombarded with stuff. There are things that we're bombarded with that you and I have no choice to view or to listen to or to partake of because it's thrown at us by our society. But listen, you and I have a choice what to turn on on the television, what to put in our ears to listen to, what to get in behind or in front of our computers and to watch. That is our choice and responsibility. He said, think on these things, pure and lovely. Whatever is of good report, whatever is of virtue, what is, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. Do you know why there's so much bad news? There's so much fear propagated in the media. There's so much evil. There's so much off. I mean, reality TV is all about what argument is going to come next. Do you know why? Because it gets attention and sells. We like to watch people, and I say when I say like we, I'm talking about society, we like to watch people engage in conflict. But it also manipulates. There's a great feature. I did post this one day. There's a great feature in social media. It's called mute or unfollow. People would not, under, would, not <laughs> would probably be very surprised at the, how many people I just mute. Because... I don't need the garbage filling up my head. I don't need to know about it all. I don't need to know what the devil's doing because I want to know what God's doing. I said last week, uh, last verse, or not, not quite the last verse, I guess. The last verse, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Some Christians know more about the evil, know more about what the devil's doing, and is caught up with these idols and, and the knowledge of God and what he says and obedience to him is left off to the side. There is a place today, and I'm telling you, there is a place today where Christians are going to have to just learn to shut off the media and look to Jesus. Paul closed off this passage in the last part of verse 8 and 9. He says there, in the last part of verse 9 he, or 8, he says, you know, whatever, you know, after he's listed out, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, a virtue, praiseworthy, he says, think on these things. And then he says, do the things which you have both learned and received and have heard and seen in me. So obviously this was something that Paul lived. And I, I realized that back in that day, it was a different, he didn't deal with these things that we're dealing with in that sense, but he, he lived this principle. And what does he say? And the God of peace will be with you. 
the God of peace will be with you. If you and I want to walk in a place of emotional and mental health and strength, sure there are other principles, but these are the ones that kind of jumped out at me and I thought about and have worked through or continue to work through in my life. But these are practical things that I believe Scripture gives to us because God cares about us and he wants us to trust in him. And as I close, I would just say the foundation has to be him. So I, I hope that the, I hope that this helps you this morning and makes a whole lot of sense. Guard your heart for out of it, for out of it, for the issues of life.